You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 174, Frozen 2, or Scandinavian Coaster Ride. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. I'm your host, Morgan Stradling, and I'm here with my lovely co-hosts, Chelsea Robson and Mason Smith. Say hello, guys. I live! What? So tell me what podcast needs my protection today. You just say the word and I'm there. <laughs> but let me just say this. Any, oh, Mason, we Any listener you. who threatens our podcast, vengeance will be mine. <laughs> and then and then and then the guardian the guardian of the podcast goes, Mason, these are the regular hope. <laughs> they do ninety-nine percent of the work. And you, oh devoted one. I uh, make dumb jokes and make sarcastic comments. <laughs> That's right. Now, don't forget to record your audio. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> One animation podcast episode coming right up. <laughs> oh, I'm glad to have you back, Mason. For one night only, y'all got me. Oh, Well, if you're going to come back... You might as well come back for probably one of the biggest movies of the decade Most as we are closing the decade out. Yeah. So... What, what like was more one. anticipated, Frozen 2 or Despacito 2? <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. I'm surprised Despacito 2 didn't come out before Frozen 2. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Uh, we were just talking about when was the last episode I was on. I think I was the last episode I was really on was on the five-year episode. So mm-hmm. it's been like a couple years, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. yeah. Two oh, going on three years. It's pretty crazy. But time yeah. has gone by so quickly. Oh, my gosh. So I was thinking about it. I was like, has it really been two years? All the listeners always say, hey, when's Mason coming back? <laughs> so he's here. <laughs> you th- and then you just tell them he can never come back. <laughs> never come back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yay. <laughs> Unless he finds a magical watch somewhere in heaven. <laughs> then and only then. <laughs> he's can't come back he's dead so fun all right right. so for those of you who are new to the animation addicts podcast welcome what this show is about we are a group of friends and animation addicts just like you we get together and we talk about animated films we review the films and all in all we just have a fun time doing it so that's what i love you're gonna laugh you're gonna be able to dive into the films analyze the films and you are at home with us Far away, as north as we can go, once stood an enchanted forest. You see an enchanted forest? Yes, it was a magical place, but something went wrong. Since then, no one can get in or out. Wow, Papa, that was epic. What would I do without you? You'll always have me. seemed weird to you she seems like elsa there's this voice voice what does that mean the kingdom is not safe 
Find who is calling to you. They may have answers. I'm going with you. Anna? No. Excuse me, I climbed the North Mountain, survived a frozen heart, and saved you from my ex-boyfriend. So, you know, I'm coming. That's normal. Where are we? How did you get in the forest? The mist parted for us. Impossible. Where did you learn magic? Elsa, get out of there! You can't just follow me into fire. Then don't run into fire. Magic is very alluring. Without you, she may lose herself to it. Protect Arendelle at all costs. I believe in you, Elsa, more than anyone or anything. Quick question. Is the whole putting us in mortal danger going to be a regular thing? <laughs> Yeah, so Frozen 2, I watched it last night. Um, before we get into the story, can I just give my theater report? Yeah, Reese's like theater report! Yes, we need the a, best. We need, a, like, a newscast, uh, like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. We need, like, a soundtrack for that. Mason's theater report. So I went uh, last night, and um, I think a lot of theaters are, do- are doing this, but our local theater in College Station, it, revert, um, it like, progressed to uh, all recliners i don't know if they do that yet yes arizona yeah y'all are like theater theater central over there so what am i saying not all not all of them but a big but us uncivilized country folk (laughs) we just got these newfangled mechanical chairs and uh they're cushy and i like them a lot (laughs) uh, except that the seating is so limited now that you have to do online um you have to reserve online right as you will and so we reserved online and uh we got um we were in a good spot, actually. This was, like, the main main attraction uh, showing for Friday night. So, big day. And we kind of got a nice – we got a good row, and we got on the end so that we could make a quick getaway just in case the crowd got too wild. And they actually didn't um, – but I sat next to this tiny little girl. She had to be, like, eight years old. Maybe – no, she's more like six. And she was dressed up as Elsa, and she brought her Elsa and Anna dolls with her to the theater. <laughs> it was really cute. <laughs> yeah, and um and um she and her mom I guess stepped out so that she could go to the restroom or something before the show started and uh her mom was like, Excuse me, um could you keep an eye on her on her uh on her dolls <laughs> because we need to step out and she's concerned about them and she's worried about them. <clears throat> so I did what anyone would do in that situation and I said, That will be twenty twenty dollars, ma'am. And uh but they they thought they thought I was joking. But anyway, <laughs> I was. I didn't get twenty dollars. I did it for free because I'm a nice guy. But uh, the theater was generally she was really cute. The th- it, you know what's funny is that when the sh- when the show finally started, and all all eighty of the previews were done with, um, and we finally got down to the the you know the Disney Castle logo and <clears throat> and stuff. She got. She like sat upright in her chair, and she like brought her brought her hands up close to her chin, and she was like totally tuned in and so excited to watch Frozen two, and um, it was really cute. 
And so, uh, yeah, the theater was generally respectful, except for there's one part. Well, there was a few like, a few like uncontrollable squeeing and stuff. But there was one instance where the whole theater was like clapping hardcore. And I'll talk about that moment later. But generally, I consider clapping in the theater to be very rude and dumb. But this time, <laughs> I'll allow it because it was like that. I will make an exception for that moment, but we'll get to that later. So I had a good experience. That's good. I, I normally don't. I always have PTSD <laughs> from Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron, which is like well, the single worst theater experience I've ever been to. Freaking Marvel fans, but anyway. <laughs> oh, good. oh, man. Good times with the Mason Theater Report. At least it was positive. <laughs> My theater report. Dun, 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 dun. I actually got to see it on Thursday. They had some screenings on Thursday in Arizona. Oh, and nice. so, yeah, it was the 9.40 p.m., screening and so it was like mostly and you know parents are still bringing their kids to that there weren't though it could be at eleven thirty eight p.m oh yeah, really this one, oh, they, i think they all just thought it didn't start until friday and so uh they there just weren't that many kids i don't think there was any kids in there and it was mostly like people in their late 20s to 30s i was like all right my crowd my people nice adults only <laughs> I would go into my my theater report, but it was it was a press only screening, so there was maybe thirty people there, and it was a uh, oh, wow. yeah, not not as exciting or uh, ch- children around. Although there was one there was one Hold set it. of influencers with their kids that were there. Oh no, they're just taking <laughs> selfies the whole time. Then they had to stop every five seconds and be like, "My entire life is sponsored by NordVPN." <laughs> uh, <laughs> just kidding. All right, so let's jump into this movie. And what a movie. The studio is Walt Disney Animation. Directors Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck were brought back. The release date is actually six years after the original. And based on how hot Frozen was at the time, or how, I guess you would say, cool, uh, (laughs) I am surprised that it took six years for them to to bring it back. So we can talk about that in a second before we dive into the movie. So obviously the release date, November 22nd, 2019. And uh, box office is still too soon to tell, but it seems like it's going to do around 120 million. I think it did 45 million on Friday in the U.S. and 8.5 in Thursday previews. So, um, but it's not necessarily going. Mm-hmm. It's already going to blow Frozen out of the water. I think Frozen did around 93 million on its opening weekend. So that we shall see. I have no doubt this movie is going to do over a billion dollars. And yeah, yeah, yeah. but six years between. They're going to have to make another Minions movie just to, <laughs> just to fight it. So there's some interesting things about this. So this is the first theatrical sequel from Disney that is a musical. Yes. So, you know, there's obviously been... Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. There's been Disney sequels, but they were Disney tune. So that's the qualifier. Straight but, to video. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. And there's okay, been other yeah. Disney sequels like Ralph Breaks the Internet, right? Which was epic. Um, but this is the only one, or you know, I guess one of the originals back in the day was Rescuers Down Under. <laughs> but yeah, no songs though. No songs. No songs. So very interesting. This is the first, and it took six years, which I thought was really, really interesting because you think how you know it was this cultural worldwide phenomenon. People were just going crazy over Frozen that they wouldn't try to get back on that Frozen horse super quickly. <laughs> We have a frozen horse in this movie. Yes, we do. We'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> I think the main reason why they didn't was because Jennifer Lee, like there was quite a bit of a hullabaloo in the studio. Well, that didn't even happen until later. 
Yeah, that was like 2018. Yeah, so I don't know. I think it was mostly just because you look at the credits and she was the one who wrote it. So, yeah. she, you know, with her and with um, Robert and Kristen Anderson Lopez, like the basically the three of them were also doing Broadway, like Frozen on Broadway and at the same time working on this. So I can see why it took that long. Also, they're just trying to like make sure that it stands the test of like it just make sure it's good. Rule number one, don't <laughs> suck. That's a good rule. Right. That's a good rule. Yeah, that's true. Don't like rush into it and just make a sequel just to make a sequel. And they did put two shorts in between this, which as I we had an interview with one of the animators or the supervising animators, and he said that having the sequels in between actually helped so they didn't have to start from scratch with some of the characters because they were able to do improvements to the the rigs and the models as they went through each one of the mm-hmm. shorts. So I thought that was yeah, interesting. Like give Elsa toes. Because <laughs> she she was I think she was barefoot in this film, but she wasn't barefoot in the last one. So her rig actually didn't include toes or something like that. (laughs) Good times. The things you don't think about unless you're in the industry or an animator, right? Toes are tough. Toes are tough. Piggly wigglies. (laughs) I say the... When I first, when the movie first started and you have the opening, not credit, but opening title sequence where it has the, you know, Disney, Sleeping Beauty's Castle and the whole Disney, but you also have the, yeah, na, na, hey, ya, na. And I just, I could not help but smile as it started. And it just oh, yeah. brought so many memories back, so much nostalgia and just pure glee. <laughs> I was like, yay. <laughs> and I wasn't really expecting to want to see this as much. I mean, that will come to as an as a surprise to a lot. But after Frozen One, we went through this like phase of Frozen burnout, Frozen fatigue, and then <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. Freezer and burn. So, <laughs> yes. And so, as we were coming into this one, I I did not look up any like information about it going into it. I I had I was clean. I I went in knowing that it was just Frozen continued. Okay. And so I don't know. It was just it was a good experience to be able to, like, hear all that start and be like, OK, I'm ready for this ride to start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, you can bet they're going to make a ride. Actually, they, they already did. <laughs> they're going to improve uh, on the yeah. rides. Oh, yeah. They got to improve on the ride that they stole from the Norwegian Pavilion. But that's another story. Um, yeah. So I felt the same way. And everybody in the audience was like, I think a, a major theme of this film was like nostalgia for the first one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and they, they were really, really twisting that nostalgia knife throughout the film, which <laughs> yeah. isn't a bad thing. Like Frozen, Frozen was, like, was like a huge deal. And yeah. It means so much to so many people. I um, I always get the opening um, – Kind of chant, chant, fair, fanfare, confused with the. <laughs> I've been trying to remember the tune all day, and it just turns into Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> anyway, Lilo and Stitch and Frozen crossover when Disney do it, you cowards. The time warp into Hawaii. Give the people what they want. So, can y'all can y'all explain to me? Can y'all explain to me the the basic premise of the film? Because I saw it last night, and I I can't really remember. What exactly I watched? <laughs> yeah, no. So I actually... It wasn't that late either. So I actually have been doing a whole bunch of videos for the YouTube channel where like spoiler reviews on just like... Where one that's just like literally all the spoilers in one video. And 
once I saw this movie, I, I was like amped and I was hyped after leaving it. But then I sat back and I was like, wait, but what actually happened there? And I was super, <laughs> super confused because I feel like it was no building kidding. this mythology and there are all these elements. And unless you were super paying attention to them, I feel like you missed them. Yeah. So here's basic. I felt so bad for the little girl next to me. I wanted to <laughs> nudge her and be like, hey, are you getting all this? <laughs> you can bust your phone out and read the Wiki Wikipedia entry. I won't even get mad if you have <laughs> But she didn't have a phone. So here's what happens in Frozen as succinctly as I can do this. So it's three years after the events of the first film, and Elsa hears this siren call, this voice in her head, and she's the only person who can hear it. And eventually, even though life is okay, you know, in Arendelle and for everyone else, she decides to give in and follow it. So as a result, she needs to go to this enchanted forest, which has this mist around it. The mist was actually caused by... Uh, a clash between the native people, the Nothuldra, and the Arendellians, which was led by her grandfather. Her grandfather died in this clash decades ago. And as a result of that clash, the spirits were angry and went away, and then the mist covered the forest. So everyone in the forest was trapped there and kept there and have supposedly... Uh, no one knows what happened to them. So she decides to go on this adventure, if you will, to follow the voice. And then Anna, Kristoff, Sven, Olaf say, no, we're coming with you. So, of course, the whole gang goes. So eventually, because Elsa's Elsa, she gets to go ah. into the mist and she opens it up. And then everyone inside the mist is still there and they're really shocked. And we spend a little of time there. And eventually Elsa does what Elsa does best. And she goes away by herself. And she's going to this place that her mother told her about. She goes and bees an introvert. Right, right. I mean, you cannot deny your inner introvert. And she goes to this place, which was from a lullaby that her mother had sung to her and Anna when they were young, which talks about this place called Atahalan. Uh -huh. Atahalan is this river where all secrets and mysteries can be found. Okay. And turns out that we discovered that her mother was uh, Northuldra. She was one of these native people and she actually saved the dad in this clash when he was young. They were both very young and right. she somehow escaped with the dad and then this is an unanswered question. I have very, I have so many of these but she ended up marrying the dad somehow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she she couldn't really talk about this so she just told it very cryptically in this song and so the, the girls they remember this song and th you know, they, they find out where their parents were going. They, they find the ruins of the ship and a map that leads to Atahalan. It go and so it's across the dark sea. So that's when Elsa says, No, I'm going by myself. She pushes Anna away and then she eventually crosses the dark sea. She tames the water spirit, which there are four spirits that she awoken when she decided that I, I'm going to oh. give in to this. Oh so there's water, fire, earth, and wind. And we'll talk about those in a second. But one of them is this water horse called a knock. Oh. She tames it, rides across the dark sea, goes to Atahalan, and there discovers that she is actually the fifth spirit of the four spirits. She's, she's, the, she's oh. the frozen heart. She is the bridge between the spiritual world and the physical world. And she With has your powers combined. She literally <laughs> yes. is the Except avatar. for she cannot control the other elements, which is super frustrating to me. Um, we will talk about this more. She has this transformation. She lets her hair down. Elsa, as Elsa does, gets a new dress. And... <laughs> of course she does. And then... I love how that's she, like a literal plot right. point is the costume change for Elsa. It's like in her DNA. I must costume change. 
So um, part of the song is if you go too deep into this river, it turns out it wasn't an actual river. It's a glacier, which is actually a frozen river. So in the song that the mother's saying, it says, if you go too deep, you will drown. Well, she went too deep and I'm not really sure like how that happened, but she ends up freezing. Um, Olaf dies as a result because all of her power goes away. And then Anna actually through all of this has realized she senses that that Elsa's dead and then she realizes that um through talking with the Nolthuldra and the Arendellians that are there that the grandfather actually built this dam um as something that would be beneficial to both of the people turns out it was not the case and by building the dam it actually angered the spirits and is no longer it, it never was a good thing and it never should have been built in the first place and so in this moment, she realizes I have to do the right thing and I have to destroy the dam, even though it's going to destroy Arendelle as, as a result of the tsunami that will follow, right? Mm -hmm. So she goes to the giants and she gets them to throw rocks at the bridge or the dam and it breaks. And then this moment where it is finally broken, Elsa awakens. She realizes that Arendelle is going to be destroyed. She rushes over to Arendelle super fast and just in the nick of time puts a big ice blast and and blocks the water with this giant ice wall and then all is well and at the very end of it Kristoff proposes to Anna we'll talk about that plot point and Elsa decides that hey since I'm kind of above everybody else I'm this thing that's this like I'm half spirit and I'm half physical presence I don't want to be an Arendelle it's not my place to be queen anymore I want to go live in the the enchanted forest and and then the movie ends where she rides off to Otto Holland so whew, that is Frozen 2. <laughs> yeah, that's in one yeah. movie. That's one film, people. <laughs> and that's for someone who's had two weeks with the oh movie to God. sit and analyze. And it, it's kind of... It kind of stunk because there were all these questions that I had and there were very limited amount of people that I could ask other press people. I was able to look at like the frozen storybooks, but the frozen storybooks are, are very weird where they end two thirds of the way into the movie. <laughs> and then the last third, Disney just cuts That's it right. off because they don't want spoilers. And so even the other press people were kind of confused as to what happened. And a lot of us didn't really have the answers. So <laughs> I am not surprised. And I'm re actually really glad because in one of the videos that I'm going to be releasing, um, it's all of frozen unanswered questions um or it, no no it it's my frozen spoiler review and in it i keep asking i'm like am i the only one who felt this way because i felt really confused <laughs> <laughs> no it's the children that are wrong uh but yeah i uh i felt the exact same way so um i'm gonna preface this discussion by saying that me and shanna actually got a little bored watching this movie <laughs> I'm sorry, um, but uh, talk about exposition dump. Like, I think the last time I experienced this much exposition to explain everything in a film was, like, the extended version of The Lord of the Rings. Right. <laughs> Whereas, like, ha a third of the movie is just, like, an explanation <laughs> of what's going on. And I would say, I'll say right off the bat, that was, this is, that was one of the more frustrating parts of Frozen 2, although the, the film had some really, really strong parts in it. The story was really confusing to us. Yeah, I think the problem... <laughs> I think I understand all of it. It's just a lot of terminology and, like, mm -hmm. new stuff and, like, new lore. And at, at some, you know, it's always that sequelitis thing, you know? You don't want it to be too similar and just a rehash of the, first, of the previous film. But then again, you don't want it to be so out there that it alienates people. And I think that they did the best that they could to find a balance because there were, like, mm -hmm. fan expectations, you know? But at the same time, some of the new stuff was just so... Not far-fetched, but it was, like, 
so illogical, but it was stated in such a matter-of-fact way that I was like, oh, well, magic really do be that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, But anyway, I... Um, you're, you're going to, you're going to hear how I feel my, my true feelings about Elsa throughout this episode, but I, I think you should title it frozen Two: Elsa ruins everything again, but she did redeem herself by doing something actually, actually useful by saving Arendelle from the tsunami. I would hate all that beautiful architecture to go to waste, but, um, I was cheering for her at that point, but every other point I was like, okay, introvert, just push everyone away. Right. Like you do. And, uh, but anyway, I, I'm secretly hoping that there will be other Elsas that can control their individual elements in the in the third inevitable third movie, but that's just speculation. <laughs> so that's just a frustrating thing, man. We aren't even just starting to. We're just going to dive into like the the meteor pieces of the movie. But here's here's the frustrating thing about it was that she is ice, right? Like that's her power. Mm. Which if right. if this is the Avatar, the last Airbender mm. world, ice is they have different powers where you're a waterbender, you're a, a firebender, you're an earthbender, but they have subsets like iron bending are people who can manipulate iron, right? So they're a subset of earthbending. So she, as an icebender, is a subset of waterbending, obviously. Mm-hmm. It made no obviously. sense to me why, okay, you have these ice powers, therefore you control, she doesn't control all of the elements, but she's like the force between all of the elements. I'm like, you either need to have elements of all of them Right? Because it seems like your natural disposition is to water and ice. Right? Um, oh, interesting. So why would she be have influence over the wind and fire? Yeah, she wasn't necessarily an unbiased... And this is really stupid. I, this is me saying, like, oh, there needs to be balance in the force. But, <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, we don't do that anymore. Did you see the, the trailer for The Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> I would have liked one of two things to happen. I would have liked it to go the last airbender avatar style where she ends up becoming an avatar like figure who control all four elements. And let's say she was just awoken to the ice first, like Jack Jack getting his new powers. Yes. Or, (laughs) or I would have liked it to go Zelda Ocarina of time route where there are different sages. This is, this is going deep (laughs) Um, where you know, you are a sage of a different element or a different, you know, what are they called, Mason? Are they like kind of elements? Yeah, they're the yeah, six okay. sages and they're they're over like the spiritual temples. Yeah, and then and as a result... a spirit of fire, a spirit of water. Yeah, and as a result, they separate themselves from society. So, Saria, she no longer can be with, with Link and everyone else because she is now... A, you pronounce it Saria? Because she is now on a different plane, you know? So it would have liked for her, Elsa, to have to be elevated to this different status, but to have other people represent fire, water, you know? But then that would have made sense as her being the fifth. But I really would have wanted Elsa to have fire powers. Yeah, I understand your frustration. <laughs> Does the analogy make sense? I feel only the Zelda nerds will get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, I totally understand. And and But you know what? If It would have been interesting if she had gotten all the elemental powers because then they could have done something with her, with uh, Elsa becoming too powerful. Because, like, she can – like, people can barely stand her being the Ice Queen. Like, they barely – three years later, they just now are getting used to the fact – you know, and oh yeah, there's this thing, um, there's this like throwaway line in the middle of the film where Elsa's like, I feel my powers grow, you know, and, and every day, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't remember any of the songs in this film, by the way, except for like one. And, um, 
So, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see if there was going to be that kind of conflict. But like, if she can bear, if she could barely handle ice, then uh, I don't think we should. I don't think she's responsible enough to handle all the elements. Should but, poke the bear and give her all the other ones. But maybe there'll be like a, a a fire counterpart to Elsa that will like emerge from the, in the next film or something like that. I want all out war in the next movie. That's what <laughs> I want. I want How to Train Your Dragon three all out war. <laughs> I was expecting Anna to get some type of like, – see, if she would have had some type of firepower later on, like, that would have been uh, cool. Yes. That would bring balance to the family so, for sure. Okay. Let's let's talk about that. So the mother is Nolthuldra. That's what we discover, right? right. So Yes. Big she, epic reveal. Yes. So yeah. – then why does this still this movie does not answer the question that everyone has, which is why does Elsa have powers? It's like, oh, well, your mom was this special native clan. So you're telling me that no Arendellian no. and Nolthuldra people ever got together? And if that's the case, why was just Elsa the it, one? It was just because she was the one that's going to be the bridge between the two families or the two clans. And so the spirits were so angry about what had happened with the clash and everything but they took pity on the girl because she saved someone she was the only one that showed love in this time oh, of, that's right. of calamity mm-hmm. and so because of that they're like okay you guys shall be blessed we will put the the savior in in your guys's uh, line and it's like um okay, okay now I'm remembering yeah uh, i still don't understand that part but I mean, I, I get why they said it, because that's one of the things at the end where Anne is like, no, that's why the the spirits chose you. Yeah, you're you're a gift. Which I... I totally missed that. Yeah, no, I just... I... <laughs> yeah, Anna, ex- Anna speculates that Elsa was a gift from the spirits because their parents, uh, like, like Chelsea said, um, the mother, I forget her name, was the only one to kind of show mercy or show, uh, you, know, you know, true friendship between the two clans. So she was the like because because mom was that the seemed like the only right. the only moment of harmony between between the two peoples like that was that was the spirit's like best bet to invest you know the fifth spirit <laughs> into that bloodline because they weren't like trying but to kill each other. But that's where my question and comes so. in. It's like okay, is Elsa like? Is I mean, is she immortal? <laughs> like she looks like a zombie. To be honest, she? I don't know if it's her makeup design or what, but she looks like she's an undead. <laughs> Because she's well, the scenes where she's standing next to Anna, Anna is so like warm and full of life, and Elsa is like, "I'm gonna go over here." And <laughs> like she's never no had talk to me. She's never had interested in in like, I, I guess asexual. I guess you know she's just never had romantic like interests, and so she's just and now she's the the spirit person. So is she just like? ultimately going to be alone forever yeah it's unclear if she's like a demigod now at this point or what. <laughs> what's a demigod gonna do so, but then okay if she was now this fifth spirit does that mean there was a fifth spirit before that yeah you know like if there always had to be a bridge did this person die yeah, like a, or a pre-elsa i have so many questions <laughs> i mean that's i did think about that like okay if it's if she does die which honestly because she is ice i feel like inevitably she will live longer than normal because you know she's well preserved but um oh yeah outside of that like she's going to 
die, I guess, because like, they didn't say that she's... <laughs> like Christoph said, I mean, we're all going to die. <laughs> I mean, eventually. Like, <laughs> Oh, that was good. Um, yeah, so that was my main question. Like, what is she? I don't know. <laughs> what is her purpose? I just call her... I call her the bridge. Some people in there are calling her goddess Elsa. And I'm like, no, I don't think she's quite a goddess. No. <laughs> That's just in. That's just in the like. Yes, slay it's queen. Just she has sense this... that she's a goddess. It's just girl power. Yeah, she has an amazing <laughs> dress that kind of you know. Well, that too makes her look like she should be on Mount Olympus. Yeah, she does. Mm, that's right. So there are several songs in this film, and I'm just going to take the conversation away from the confusing plot, so we're not like endlessly debating it. <laughs> Thank you. But do you, do y'all would y'all uh, do y'all think that into the unknown uh, Elsa's big song and like the big theme you know that ties into the um, the squawking that she heard over the mountains that brought her to the magic iceberg? Do you think that into the <laughs> she, I could hear the voice? <laughs> Scuttles over there, be like this calls for some musical stimulation. <laughs> But anyway, do you think that Into the Unknown was meant to be the new Let It Go? And if so, do you think that it had the same gravitas as Let It Go? So they were advertising this as the new the new Let It Go, but I don't think it was. I really no. think Show Yourself was more so yeah. because oh, of just the visuals that really? kind of paired with it. Uh-huh. The visuals. Into the Unknown is good, and people oh, are loving this song. They're like, I've listened to it so many times, and I'm like, meh. It's good, unknown. but it's not the song that I've listened to over a hundred times Into at this point. Unknown. Oh, it's but the thing is, I've listened to the album multiple times, and when you go into the um, you know current versions, uh, not oh, Panic at the Disco, yeah, yeah, Panic at the Disco. Why did they do that during the credits? It was, he's so good though, because you gotta have your. He's so good. They they made the cheesy pop. They bring they brought back the cheesy pop remix of the already cheesy pop <laughs> yeah. song. In the film. I really like. They will never go away I didn't, from I didn't that. Like it. I was from like, the, who is this dude? It's a tale as old as time. Is the yeah, you know, pop remix. This is how we end our films. But Brendan Urie of Panic at the Disco, like he's singing this song, and I'm trying to sing it as I'm driving my car, and I'm like, this guy. Th- I mean, these notes are hard for me, and like. I'm a girl with a higher voice. Can you can you hit like? <laughs> can you hit that one? Can you hit that one note that or that one refrain? Which is like into the yard. yeah, no, that one. That's the one. I can hit it, but it's like it's not an easy hit. Like I I can't just be like yay, you know. If I'm doing it right, I'm like oh no, I know exactly what you mean. Like on a good day, like on a good day, I can barely hit the high notes on. Broken Wings by Mr. Mister. And only what you know, only I have to be in the right mood and I have to not eat any anything like, you know, acid reflux. That know. is very true. But yes. It happens. <laughs> you gotta be in the right conditions. These are all real things, real problems. Yeah. So I liked that song. Um I I liked his version better than the movie version, but I did like it. Um I felt it was just kind of weird because it's like she goes out and then she like wakes the spirits or whatever. And I'm like, okay. Mm, mm-hmm. That wasn't clear to me either that she had awoken the spirits. It I, definitely was it not. It was and just why did like, oh, wow, die? there's all these crystals. And now suddenly there's a commotion happening in town with wind and earth, water, heart, whatever. <laughs> but it, to me, I did not make that connection. And I don't feel like I feel like I'm paying attention. <laughs> We're intelligent people what's wrong with you us said it, not me okay <laughs> no it's the children who are wrong 
<laughs> Am I out of touch? Uh, but anyway, so nobody's answered. Th- Here's another answered question. So is is everybody in the castle? Do they just tolerate Elsa's like occasionally occasional loud singing in the uh-huh. middle of the night? Yeah, they're used to it. By like now. <laughs> she was she was on the balcony and she was belting out these these notes as Idina Menzel does. And I was just thinking, man, is it? Are people trying to sleep? What about the people down below? You know, and then she, and then she just takes a field trip out 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 in the hills. It's like, okay, uh, we lost track of Elsa again. Where is she now? Okay, hold on, everybody, be quiet. Let's see if we can hear her. Oh yeah, okay. Looks like she's over at the cliffs. She's kind of like yelling and singing at the same time, and she's kind of looking out across the ocean. Okay, should we approach her? Like, <laughs> I feel like this could be a real problem, but it's never addressed in the film. Maybe just like she has a voice in her head that. She- only she can hear when she sings it's a voice that only she can hear hey i'll tell you what even in the wizarding world hearing voices in your head isn't a good sign <laughs> well but yeah elsa was well, uh, another question elsa was is tolerable why, in this film hmm. why why did suddenly she start hearing these voices why now because it was time for frozen 2 yeah exactly okay <laughs> time for frozen too well she's been um three years ago was when the other movie ended so it's like okay you first have to like she's get out of murdered yourself by another diplomat yes right yeah um so you have to get out of that like you know scarcity mode and now you're just in the moment where you're kind of feeling good and that's i think what the very first song which is some things never change some things never change um that song is just kind of anna just being like hey, you know, the things that are important aren't going to change, which is just like the family, the people who are here right here and holding my hand. It's great. Um, But then in her, she's like, you know, I feel like something's changing again. Uh, Mm -hmm. So she's just like, you know, it's not the same. And you really did have to separate them. So first off, you have Anna, who is sorry, Anna, who is um, she's the one that's really content not to change. And then you have... Uh, Her life's fine. Yeah. And then Kristoff is looking toward the future, like wanting to merge a future there. And then you have Elsa, who's like, I just want to be as, you know, I just want to get out of Dodge almost. So you have all these difference, like difference of, um, it's just character arcs. Like, okay, everyone has to be established on their own path. And so that was the catalyst is the, the opening song. She had to be on her own path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that first song is really good to set the characters and where they are. Um, and also to establish Kristoff's storyline where he really just wants to propose to her. And I have so many questions about how these two are still together because he has <laughs> multiple proposal attempts. And man, she gets defensive. She misunderstands him. And it, they do not work well together. Was I the only one who thought that was a little forced? Like that she wasn't acting like Anna in those scenes, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, they just yeah. kind of gave drama to the situation because they needed to. Like she yeah, has never... defensive moments like that in the other one. I like my kids actually. So when Chelsea and I recorded a Frozen episode literally two mm. weeks ago, I was like, as someone who doesn't have kids who watch Frozen, um, let me fix that statement. Uh, retract that because my kids literally all they want to do is watch Frozen. So I, <laughs> I've oh, been no. watching Frozen and, you know, like Anna does have that moment where she gets a little defensive when they're riding in the sleigh, um, her and Kristoff for the first time. And he's like, wait, you're going right. to marry someone you first you, you just met? Like you're engaged? And she's like, yeah, pay attention. And But it's a little more playful and less like so super offended. She's kind of like oblivious to the fact that he's 
you know, while in this one, she just like gets so upset and heated. It was. I didn't think she got that. For like, like no you said. reason. I think she. Yeah, I think it was just misunderstandings. I guess also because I went in having listened to the entire album before I. That okay. As far as I retract a little bit of my st- my statement earlier, saying that I had no prior. Um, connection to any of the plot points I did because I had listened to the entire uh, soundtrack plus the outtakes before I went in and I think the outtakes here's the the part of the whole thing that really bothered me I think the most is as I went through all of the songs I thought okay these are all good songs nothing that really catches my my eye my ear Um, but then it got into the outtakes and I was like Oh my gosh, these songs are awesome. And I was so mad that they didn't have those in there. But then having Oh, you mean there were there were cut songs? Yeah. Yeah, they were like fully recorded. They weren't just like demo tracks, they were fully recorded songs. I think there's three of them. Were there any that actually sounded Scandinavian? Because I didn't I didn't find any of that in this film. It was just all show tunes, which I was a little (laughs) disappointed about. Oh yeah, yeah. The only Scandinavian version is the chant that they kind of bring back. The chant from the first movie. Yeah. Hawaiian roller coaster ride. Scandinavian coaster ride. <laughs> oh, it works. <laughs> so, Scandinavian roller co- Oh, yeah. Well, and there's, skip the roller. There's a song called Getting It Right. And it's. Y- yeah, that one's really fun. It's so good. And you gotta get this right, baby. baby. Oh, it's so good. And they have. Well, and it also gives um, Josh Gad uh, one more a reason to just like sing really cool. <laughs> I just loved it. And that one, I, it explains a lot more with a lot less drama from Anna. Um, just how he's like drama from Anna. Yes. Where he's on a drama, <laughs> on a drama where he's just trying to like, he just doubts himself so much. And that's the, the reason why there's like a skiff going on right now. So we definitely go into Kristoff's insecurities a little bit more. Yeah. There's even that there's even that like under his breath line that Olaf does where he's like, I'm Kristoff. I'm going to go off and talk to these rocks about my childhood <laughs> or something like that. Oh, I love Pretty Olaf. good. Oh, my gosh. Olaf, man. Some somehow they ramped up his like psychosis <laughs> by like by like three times in this movie. And yet he still wasn't annoying. So like very good performance from Josh. Gannon. Yes. Very, very, very well written because. The guy is just off the rails in this film, but he um, he managed to not be annoying, so that's good. Yeah, yeah you- as someone who is a proclaimed Olaf hater in the first movie, I like <laughs> proud, him. He's fun. A proud, <laughs> proud blue-blooded Olaf hater. <laughs> I think I said earlier Josh Gad when I was thinking um, Jonathan Groff. So just yes. putting it out I was there. like, I was sitting here and I'm like, I don't remember Josh Gad singing in that no, no, song, no. but <laughs> that's cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Olaf, his cut song, I thought was also much better than the When I Get Older song. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Because he's, I don't know what it, he's, he's like doing his own TV show or something. I don't know what they were planning. And I would really like to know what they were planning and why it didn't work out. Um, but the whole song, like there's one little snippet where he's like, that's right. I learned to read and I like the big words. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, it's so funny. <laughs> nice. And it just like, yeah. Expands. Olaf's like weird, pro- weird progression is, is kind of funny. So I guess I guess since he's so young, you know, to this world, um, the the I feel like this film's always kind of played off of his 
optimistic naivete but now he's getting a little he's kind of learning the ways of the world in fact there's this kind of deeper moment where he like feels anger for the first time because of being betrayed by elsa (sighs) and stuff but mostly his whole shtick is like i can't wait to be older because then everything will make more sense and then the whole time the whole time he's saying this me and shannon are sitting there and be like nope it's a trap don't (laughs) it's not like that (laughs) make less sense when you get older stay young stay innocent old But anyway, maybe he'll be like maybe he'll be like Groot and he'll be kind of like a punky teenager in the next film or something like that. But honestly, Disney has has nothing to lose with keeping him exactly the same. No. It's just like ramping up the jokes and the sass in the next film. But... <laughs> Which you're talking about having a ne- next film. There hasn't been anything confirmed. Oh, please. They're going to green light it in like two hours. <laughs> they got to do it. Actually, I don't care if they have one or not. I'm just assuming. I don't. I don't need one. The film kind of tied up pretty well, I think. Like, I like the state of things. It's kind of like Kung Fu Panda 3, where it's like, okay, everything right now is is pretty much in harmony, so uh, we can all go home yeah. now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they might need to, they might need to, you know. They might need an extra billion. Next in, six years. Yeah. Oh, no, let's just make another um, CG remake of one of their old classics. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the business right there. Half the Man, film is done. that's something we haven't been able to talk about at all over the past few years. Oh, but we don't want to bring everyone down yes. <laughs> with our negativity about it. <laughs> some of them, some of them are cool. Jungle Book was okay, but none of the, the none of the other ones have really like. It's like why? Anyway, Can I don't we... want to get off on that. That's a okay, tangent. I don't. So want to get... we were kind of talking about Olaf, um, his song, and his whole plot point. Like, okay, I know we have to have all Olaf in this movie, but I mean. And his thing was... Olaf checklist. You gotta have the checklist. One of them is that obligatory Olaf death so that he can be resurrected. Olaf death, Olaf song, and Olaf having something that he's pondering in his life. And it was just kind of like, I'm like not interested in your storyline at all, but... And it felt okay, very but don't forced. you think that without him, the film would just be really dark? Could he just yeah. be funny without having to uh, have purpose or meaning? This is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They tried to inject the lovable, the lovable um, little animal character, but he was a central part of the plot. So right. he couldn't really, you know, he couldn't be the, what's the raccoon in Pocahontas? You the know? Miko. Um, yeah, he, the Charmander or whatever <laughs> the heck that salamander thing was supposed Broody. to be called. Um, oh, and don't, hey. Don't think that they're not Pokemon. That's exactly <laughs> what was happening in this movie. We had Charmander. We had Confused Rapidash. We had Graveler. A confused whole family of Gravelers. Rapid- and then Gale. Gale is just literally the wind. <laughs> hey, Gale. Uh, we talk... Man, there's so much I want to talk about. The, the spirits. Talk. Another thing that I didn't like about the spirits was like how... The spirits, there was no harmony within the spirits. One was just a little fire salamander. One was literally the wind. They did not get creative at all. One was a water horse, which I loved, and that was super cool. And then another was just a ton of giants. Why Why couldn't there have just been one giant? You know, I didn't like that there was multiple of them, and that's what confused me when I didn't actually realize when I was watching the movie that the giants literally were the earth spirit. Because... And I didn't realize that the fire salamander at the time when he came, he was the earth or the fire spirit. These these plot points kind of just went over my head. Yeah. When I was watching it. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like Dark Souls where like s- several several of them constitute one spirit, you know. Mm-hmm. See, the fact that we have to like uh, ask these questions though means that it wasn't it wasn't delineated very well. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't That's know. I would have liked a whole troop, a whole litter of little Charmanders. That would have been cute. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would have been cool. The water horse was cool, too. I like Talk about water. effects. Quick aside, like, the power of the Hyperion engine, or whatever the rendering engine Disney's using now. I don't even keep up anymore, but... Um, I feel like a lot of this movie was like the VFX crew must have had a blast on this film. Either that or they must have been pulling their hair out trying to get like technical stuff just right. Because like, man, we had beautiful lighting and like rendering and stuff. And then we had all these elemental effects, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it's like it's like the F- VFX people are like, uh, you want us to do what now? Oh, yeah, there's going to be a tornado um, and so they're like literally in the tornado, but while the tornado is happening, there are these little gusts of wind that are like messing with them. Uh, and, and then the flames out, the Charmander's in there too. And this all happens in a tornado. We just want to be clear <laughs> on that. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, we'll just press the create tornado button. And also there's a water horse that's made out of water that is inside water. So yeah. have fun with that yes. one too. <laughs> and, it, and it is able to be, it is able to be frozen so that it can walk on water because... It couldn't walk on water before. And, and it has a waterfall like, mane uh, okay. and that continually yeah. flows. Beautiful mane. Oh, and at one point, the entire the entirety of, of the fir- events of the first movie are recreated as ice sculpture, moving ice sculptures <laughs> at, at some point of the film. There, do you, hey, do y'all realize there are two recaps of yeah. this film? One that one one of them is Olaf's monologue, which was epic, which was the moment that the whole theater erupted in, in applause. And you. I approved of it because that was pretty dang good from the editing to josh gad's performance to the animator's performance that was pretty dang good of course it was just part of the giant exposition dump that was half of this movie but we'll overlook that because the performance was really really good and ever it it got a good a good cheer and a good clap out of it it was pretty dang yeah i couldn't believe that my mine got that as well yeah and then but of course there's this entire other recap hey was i the only one who didn't appreciate how that Elsa like cringed at Let It Go when she like walked past it. <laughs> yeah, she like, saw her so saying Let It Go and she was like, "Oh, brother!" I was like, "Hey, hold on! You're not just gonna say that about your cash cow. <laughs> don't tell me you're. Don't don't play it off. Like, don't pretend like, you're embarrassed. Just don't pretend like you're embarrassed of Let It Go, which is like one of the biggest like anime animation musical sensations of of the of of our time. Right? Like, come <laughs> on, you guys. Don't. But anyway. Um, so yeah, so much to explain in this film, and then the the spirits. Could, I, I feel like the spirits could have been executed a little more clearly. I <clears throat> I was expecting the the earth giants to like break out into song, kind of like the brigands on uh, the thief and the cobbler, how they kind of have their own song. Okay. In the not in the in the Miramax cut, but they didn't do that. I mean, they they they're so slow. They it would have taken forever. Uh, to do a song. But, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of liked the part where they were like rafting down the river and trying to avoid the giants, but like, but they didn't do anything with them. I don't know. Uh, very little payoff for the giants until the very end when they're like, release the river. <laughs> right. Well, the same thing with General Matthias or Lieutenant Matthias, who's this. Ah, uh, Matthias. Oh, um, all these people. That guy was cool. All these people. They, well, yeah, they introduce all these new characters that are so inconsequential to anything. You know, Lieutenant Matthias, the only thing about him is that he just happened to be there during the first strife and he was stuck in there and he was loyal to the grandfather. And so he has to make a choice, which makes sense. Um but the other, the new characters, the Nolthuldra characters, I think one's called Honey Marin. Um, one's called Ryder. There's a few. That was like the most simple name in this whole film. <laughs> it was like the one name that I Ryder and Yolana or something like that. But it's, they didn't even need names because no. they had probably one line at any point in time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
I felt like, why did I need to know his name? I don't feel like you played that much. The only thing that he really did was, hey, Kristoff, let me help you round up some reindeer. Like, that's it. And let me help you with a failed another failed marriage proposal. <laughs> another failed marriage proposal. Yeah, so... But what a payoff with Kristoff's uh, Christoph's, Christoph's uh, feelings. I feel like we've been... Y'all... This is the moment I've been wanting to talk about the entire time. <laughs> what, Kristoff's... Wait, you mean Ario Speedwagon called They Want Their B-Side <laughs> Back? That song? Yes. Absolutely. This was the one part where the film actually had me engaged. <laughs> Hey, as as a, as a man, we we tend to hold in our feelings, but when we finally let them out, the only suitable way to let them out is add as an eighties uh, rock ballad. It's funny. I was listening to a podcast. The they only we way. have a new podcast called Inside Frozen Two. It's I just like a short too. six episode thing. And the Lopez's were talking about it, and they were saying, "Yeah, exactly." Everyone has a podcast now. Um, they were saying, you know, back in the 80s, it was okay for men to sing about their feelings at the top of their lungs and wear tight pants. <laughs> and where has that gone? And we are such big fans. Let's bring, Let's that bring back. it back. And I loved it. Like in the theater, as soon as it was happening, you know, you hear him like singing. You're like, okay, it's Kristoff's song. And then you hear the guitar riff for the first time. And I was like... And then you see the over the giant overlay of his <laughs> yes, face singing. Yes, and you're like, I am here for where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I am so. Whatever into, is happening right now, yes. <laughs> you have me hook, line, and sinker this <laughs> And Shanna looked over at me and whispered, "I feel like this is going to be the fa- your favorite part of the film." I was like, "You're damn right it is." <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention until now. <laughs> Well, Kristoff yeah. needs his moment, you know, because he can be so gruff, you know. And I love that they go through the montage. Oh, the montage. You know, of, of it's so good. And, the reindeer oh, singing as the background. And, and some the of the woods. editing. Yeah, and some of the yeah, some of the editing is like shot for shot, um, the same as Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> that, that uh, and oh my gosh, it was so good. And, man, it's amazing. They I think that me, is man. my favorite animated musical sequence of all time. Re-release the Disney sing-along VHSs, but just just that song. Just make 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 one entirely of that on repeat. <laughs> on VHS, very, very on repeat. Good. I want I want Jiminy Cricket narrating and hosting and everything. Hey, you're, yes. you remember those? Those were those I do. Were amazing. So were I had like at least four of them. <laughs> the Disney sing-along. Yes, yes, yes. Never smile at a crocodile. That was like one of my favorite <laughs> songs back in the day, and it wasn't even canon to the film. Oh, good times. That's how you get the good stuff. <laughs> anyway. anyway. Really, really good song. But yeah, I, I personally could have done without the marriage proposal subplot. But this film, but that, that song made it worth yeah. it. Like, it was good. Mm-hmm. It was oh, a good like, bridge. We have Kristoff here, and we have to give him something to do. So no, they literally pushed him aside for like half the film. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, Anna's like, sorry, I ditched you earlier. I was like, that, they, they it really do be that way. <laughs> <laughs> They really did do that. <laughs> That's right. This is about Anna and Elsa bridging whatever gap was created or, or was apparently there and coming to a new understanding. So I totally understand that, like, Kristoff did not need to be Right. There. But I also really appreciated his line at, the, at that point where he's like, it's okay. My love isn't fragile. I'm like, oh, good. Aww. That's sweet. I like it. He's a tough boy, but he can, he can, really, he can really get those feels like, out. Your feelings are big. Are there, there, what is the actual words? 
Oh, from the reindeers are better people. Sven Sven finally has a little bit of character. You feel what you feel, and your talk. feelings are, are real. Re- yeah, there you go. Oh, that's right. I want I want I want Shannon to say that to me every time that I get tr- every time I get emotional and traumatic, which happens a lot. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, that one was a good moment. Oh, love it. And I, I've heard the songs because Morgan had told me that this was the epic song. And so I was listening through all of the soundtrack. And as I was listening to it without having seen the montage and all of the things, it really didn't hit me as much as I did today when I was listening to the whole thing again. And when it came to this song in mm. like all the memories of the montages and everything, and I'm like, yes, this is amazing. So it just only makes it better to when you pair the two together you know it's interesting if you just listen to the song on its own and it's a pretty serious song it's not really funny per se it just happens to be this 80s power ballad but then when you watch it it's hilarious yes oh yeah you got to have the visuals it's an experience that needs to be had yes (laughs) so apparently this whole film was it all stems down to king agnar who was not a nice guy um no not agnar agnar's dad does he have a name Agnar's dad. See again. Yeah. I don't even know Agnar's anybody. I, any of the na- any of the new names are ju- they just flew over my head. Yeah. So like, sorry, sorry, fans. I didn't mean to commit blasphemy. You are fine. Yeah, so their their grandfather, who was the king at the time, um, he had it was some crap deal that he was trying to. He knew that the dam was going to corrupt. Apparently corrupt their lands i I don't even know what that means but um he he did not have good intentions and so he actually wanted to stab um the the valhalla whatever what are they called the the kokiri uh stab the kokiri guy in the back and um oh yeah that's another that's another new title frozen 2 breath of the wild don't hey don't 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 argue with me on that one you know it's true Um, but anyway um he he was apparently the bad guy that caused the conflict in the first place. So a lot of this film was about um, setting things right with nature and setting things right with the world by k- kind of uh, making an act of penance for um, for what happened, which put everything in disorder. It's kind of a it's kind of a Miyazaki kind of thing. Like that's mm-hmm. something that's a, like a, a, a that's like a story device that I would expect to hear in in like it kind of reminds me of uh, Princess Mononoke, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Kind of reminds me of that that whole kind of man versus nature thing, and that nature is is vengeful and stuff. So I, I kind of like that stuff. I was really hoping that Arendelle wouldn't get destroyed by the uh, by the tsunami. The film was really trying to justify it, and I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> where where are they going? Where are all those people going to live? Like they have photography and indoor plumbing, and we don't know what the forest people have, like the Northuldra. Uh, so anyway, um, I'm really, really glad that Elsa finally made herself useful and stopped the the tsunami. I I was very happy for her at that point. Um, every other scene with Elsa, and I just got irritated. I think I think I'm more of an Anna than an Elsa. Um, You're team Anna. They, ki- they kind of went in. I am team Anna. Anna is warm. She is friendly. She's also she's she's like I said in the first Frozen episode. She's flawless with flaws. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Elsa is just a walking zombie, but you know. <laughs> She was the one who sang the big song in the last movie, so there we go. There you go. I hey, what about the charade? Okay, favorite parts of the of the of the movie. I'm just gonna throw some out there. Uh, the charades part. Yeah. <laughs> so I really loved it because they made Elsa horrible at charades, which makes perfect sense with her like her personality and like her <laughs> like self doubting and stuff. 
And I'm like, yes. I am so into this. Of course she's terrible at charades. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> but she was also probably a little distracted because she was hearing the wah, 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 <laughs> in the background. Um, so anyway, I like the charade sequence. So there's this one part that that uh, got me good. It was um, so when uh, when mom was gathering uh, little kid Anna and little kid Elsa together. Oh, okay. Uh, as as they say, time for something I love and time for something I hate. So something that I love <laughs> was the mom was Anna and Elsa's animation while um, while the mom was telling them the story about the magical time iceberg. I, I forget what it's called. <laughs> and and like Anna gets her mom's hand out and is playing with her hand, you know. And Elsa is like staring into her mom's eyes. I was like, man, that is so like personable and and relatable and nuanced animation. Yeah. Like that, it makes so much sense. And like I. I am very happy that the animators took the time to make that sequence like perfect with the performance. And as an animator, like that was just awesome to see just how much uh, granularity of detail was in that one sequence. And uh, and one of the twelve principles of animation that appeal you have to find that emotional connection with the characters. And I, it totally made sense. But something that I really did like was when <laughs> Anna and Elsa were playing with the the ice figures. And Anna made some sort of reference to, like, kissing and falling in love. And Elsa makes this line that just made me cringe so much. She was like, kissing won't, won't save the forest or whatever. And I was like, oh, of course you're that kid, Elsa. Of course you're that kid that just ruins everyone's fun. And, uh, and it has to be all pragmatic about it and, and stuff. I was like, oh, I just want to punt her across the room. Oh Sorry. And then, uh, um, and then I really liked um, Elsa struggling with those big – big waves when, when when she was trying to get to the magical time iceberg or whatever and like i was thinking in my head i was like man if big z were here he'd be like you can't fight these big waves Cole. long smooth strokes and, and i was like man elsa should have watched surfs up before taking on those big waves because cody maverick had the same exact problem when he took on um the tank in his first competition like he couldn't handle the big waves and and tank knew to dive through the wave when it crested instead of trying to crest over the wave when it crested and that's exactly what Elsa was doing and she didn't figure it out until like several attempts and she was already soaked so I don't know I think she could have she could have avoided a lot of problems there if she had just took a lesson from Cody Maverick like this isn't shiver pool Elsa that you, you can't fight these big waves but anyway those are some some moments that I that I thought were were notable um some moments that I really liked uh yeah, the the parts that I didn't like was that whole section of like Elsa pushing Anna away and be like, "All right, I'm going at this on my own. I don't, I can't lose you either. So see ya." Like, I didn't really, I didn't like that whole part because it was just like, oh, so much turmoil. And then so, some things never change. Right. Elsa is always going to push away. Right. Ugh, Elsa is always going to ruin everything. She does. Yeah. Um, I really did like. She does. Uh, the point where Anna and Olaf, cause, because Olaf has really been Anna's friend through number one and number two. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that's true. Elsa has zero time like, for Olaf. Elsa has Elsa created all of these creatures and has no time for them. And it's like, what kind of a horrible parent would you be? I'm glad that you're. <laughs> She's like the Pokemon trainer that just that that catches a Pokemon and just shoves them yeah. in a PC in storage for. <laughs> until they need them to fight this one gym leader. 
Yes. Again, this movie is just Pokemon. It's it, That's all this film is. But there was that point where Olaf actually starts to die, and that got me. I got I didn't cry all the way, but there was a moment of like, oh, like, ouch. Olaf, no. Um, I was laughing. Oh, of course you would. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't. They, they, they were getting me. They were getting me. Okay. Um, so I liked that part, and I also really appreciated in the next song, which was um, the the next right. The thing. next right thing. Yeah, I really liked how they, especially toward the end of that song, where it's like crescendoing up, and she's like, "Yeah," and when the dawn comes. And things are still crappy, it's still going to be okay. Because a lot of times you have these songs, it's like, it's okay, the dawn will come. And it's like, yeah, when you're going mm-hmm. through those things, it's like, yeah, the dawn does come, but it's crappy and it's never going to be the same. And that's even more of a of a downer to think the sun is still going to shine tomorrow, even though my world has really ended. And so I really appreciated that song with... Um, just what they tried to do with that so those are my two yeah i think that song is actually going to relate a lot of people will relate to that song because you know people with anxiety or depression mm-hmm. or they have a loss or something terrible that happens to them it's really raw and i think it the way you explained it chelsea is perfect where it, it does tell you that you know things are bad and it's going to be that way but you just got to take one step yeah well, did you know Chris Buck? Chris Buck's son died during this whole thing mm-hmm. while they were in production of this. Oh my goodness! And so, and also somebody else had a, a loss. I don't remember, but I was listening to that same podcast that you were talking about, Morgan. And mm-hmm. they were just talking about how when they sent it to them, they were just kind of like, um, "Here you go. <laughs> uh, I don't. I hope you like it." And like in situations like that, just how I would see that as something. I, I mean, I haven't had to go through any losses as of late, but, you know, there's always something that could become, we're, as Christoph says, we're all going to die someday. So, you know, there, it's it's good to have something like this to be able to like, okay, in those moments, I know I can, my next right step could be to listen to this song to tell me to take the next right step. So there you go. Yeah, it's rough. So the moments that I liked that really stood out to me, anything with the knock was amazing and beautiful. And specifically anytime Elsa's writing it, yeah. I guess I'm just a little girl at heart who loves horses, though I never did want a pony. But anytime uh, she's just writing that thing, it's no, so no. the full horse. Morgan, I do specifically remember a time. Oh, are we about yes. to have a revelation <laughs> oh, here? I specifically <laughs> remember a time when Morgan just came to me and said, because I had a couple horses, but I didn't realize like she actually wanted to like ride the horses. Like she was just, she just said, I have a goal to learn to ride horses. I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> and like, I wasn't really paying attention. And then she's like, no, I don't- let's go. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> the responsibility of owning one but if i if you have them why not (laughs) chelsea's got them so let's go with her yeah and there was like um we had this horse and there was this one point in time where morgan was with me and um it was bonnie and bonnie was a clydesdale and she holy giant horse we didn't have a salad a a saddle we didn't have a saddle that would fit bonnie didn't have a salad (laughs) or a salad yummy yummy no you don't feed a salad you you feed 
Don't you feed a Clydesdale Budweiser? Isn't that their whole <laughs> That's thing? That's their whole thing. <laughs> the old drinking horse gag. Um, we were, Morgan was on my horse because I knew how to handle my horse. And Bonnie wasn't my horse. It was actually borrowed from another, our foreman at the ranch. And um, we didn't have a bridle either that would fit Bonnie with a, a bit. And so we basically just used a halter. So here I am on Bonnie, like taking, going around and Morgan's on my horse and there's another race horse that's in its corral. And it's a very, like a really long corral. And like, we start running by this race horse kind of taunts Bonnie. And then they both start bolting like across this field. And I just have this moment of like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And the whole time I'm watching this film, I'm thinking like having stressful moments going back to <laughs> me riding Bonnie because she's not riding like with a bridle either. So Elsa and I have something in common. There you go. <laughs> I loved any time she was riding the horse. I just thought it was majestic. And her new look is pretty, pretty darn majestic. good. I love that, you know, going with the Pokemon reference, we've had these different evolutions of Elsa and part of it is kind of expressed in her hair you know the beginning of the first movie her hair's up in a tight bun conceal don't feel like she's she's keeping everything in and then it let it go she lets it go and it's like her hair's in this braid but in this movie she finally lets it all down and has come and really become the true version of Elsa that she's supposed to be so I thought that sort of metaphor with the hair was really interesting and the Mm. dress I like it I liked it too. Of the yeah. white dress with the pink, purple, rainbow. All of her dresses things. were my fave. <laughs> we're, we're just going to talk about dresses for the next 30 minutes, Mason. So you want to you tune out. I, I'm a head out. <laughs> just kidding. Um, we'll just leave it at that. I love them all. And I really, I did think that visually this film was so beautiful. Like mm-hmm. that part at the very beginning, the flashback scene with the mother and the daughters. Um, just everything mm-hmm. about the animation was beautiful, especially in the show yourself scene oh, and absolutely. into the unknown. That's really where things sh- like shine. Yeah. And technically like what a huge step they've made since the first film. I always felt that, that the first film that always bothered me was that like, obviously snow was the big technical thing that they had to do, but it always bothered me whenever they were walking around the snow, majority of the time, the snow didn't like pick up on their cape or it was like snow was blowing but it wasn't sticking on them it always bothered me because i always felt like the character was just kind of plopped in there um but i feel like in this one and i know they've did a lot of changes with the film at the last minute and probably just didn't have time to do things like that but and there are times where characters are covered in snow. I think a lot of times it's Kristoff, yeah. um, but it's to make a point. Um, he's either literally fallen in snow and he's covered in snow, but Anna just fell in snow and she's not. Anyways, this is a total tangent. <laughs> but I loved this movie because oh, no, visually totally it it you could just tell the difference between how much six years makes. Um, makes me really excited to see where the future goes. Yeah. But it was good. VR. Yeah, it- it was really cool. VR, please no. Um, <laughs> I'm doing my um, I'm doing my PhD work in VR, and I don't know. I don't know about VR anyway. But I'm doing my dissertation <laughs> on it. Apparently, don't tell them that. But anyway, I uh, uh, yeah, technically it's amazing. Did you know there's like entire positions at Walt Disney Animation of where people all they do is just adjust like the bag strap on Anna's bag to make sure it doesn't clip through her dress or like make sure her like wow go through every shot and make sure her cloak 
um, sits over her um, her hips or whatever her satchel or whatever. Um, you go basic, You don't go frame by frame, but you basically go like scene by scene or shot by shot, and you make sure like there are no technical stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is, you know, if you know, if, five five years in college to work at Walt Disney so that you could do that, you know, <laughs> that's what you want to do. But it's, you know, it's about the experience of working at Disney, I, I suppose. But there's some graduates from. Um, they highlighted one of the recent graduates from my program at A and M who worked on Frozen Two, and uh, that's got to be such an accomplishment. There's got to be such a thrill to work on like one of the biggest, one of the biggest franchises in animation history. But yeah, like technically speaking, it's um, I don't know how the heck they do that. They just have really, <laughs> really powerful rendering a- engines that can that can do. You know, they could probably render all of a bug's life in like a couple of hours, <laughs> whereas it took like several days to render everything out back then on their on their like render farms and stuff. It was really cool. There was a one shot. I think the shot right before they walked into the misty lost woods. And, um, they, in the, the camera's like pointing behind them, you know, it's a front shot looking behind them and there's this like giant Canyon or something in the background that it just literally looks like a photograph (laughs) or when they point to the clouds and it's like, and I'm like, isn't that just a photograph? But it's, it's not, they have like entire like cloud engines and stuff, but, uh, really cool stuff. It kind of, a lot of their, um, I know it wasn't Pixar, uh, but the, a lot of the outdoor visuals remind me of the good dinosaur, just how almost photorealistic some of that stuff was. And arguably, Good Dinosaur was photorealistic, but just executed in a different way. But, but anyway, Disney, Disney, and Pixar are never going to make a bad-looking animated film unless it's Onward. But we'll, I don't want to talk about that yet. Oh, and wow. uh, what? Y'all disagree with me? I think Onward looks terrible for a Pixar film. Why it, do they even need it? I was hilarious. Well, I love Chris Pratt. I love Chris Pratt, and so I'm I'm very happy that he's in a film. And I think Julia Louise Dreyfus is in it also, which I was excited about. But I was like, that that doesn't look like a Pixar film. Soul looks like a Pixar yeah. film. Like I'm really happy right. that Soul is back to taking uh, taking abstract concepts and making entire animated films out of them. But like Onward just looks like a fantasy film with blatant pop culture references from our day, like like every animation studio does. Yeah. I, I can't be the only person who thinks that. I can see that. It, it kind of gives... When I first saw the, the trailer for it, I thought it it kind of seemed like one of the... Like a you know, DreamWorks-type film. I thought I was watching a DreamWorks film. Yeah. Exactly. Which is interesting. But I'm but... sure they will blow it out of the water with their, with their like, flawless, tried-and-true, you know, brain trust story and, and memorable characters and stuff. So, like, I'm not, not bashing the film. It's just... It didn't, it didn't look good. Whereas Soul... Holy crap, that looks great. Like, man, I am interested in that film. Yeah. And uh, I haven't seen a lot of Pixar films in the past couple of years. <laughs> Rotoscopers Confession. I am a horrible animation fan, but uh, it turns out. But um, but anyway, I will see Frozen 2. I will see Star Wars because... Wait, I did you not actually see Frozen 2 years. and you're just going off spoilers that you read on the internet? Yes, I I'm, I went I I used the Cliff Notes or no Spark Notes, I I read the Spark Notes version. I went to TJ Maxx and I bought every kid's storybook for Frozen Two that I could find. I was just speculating about the ending. That was just, just guesswork. Right, nice. No, You're I was, too good. I was texting. I think I mess on one of our many TJ Maxx visits. <laughs> I uh, I messaged Morgan with a picture of 
of the Frozen 2 storybook, and I was like, this is where you get the goods. Like, this is where you get the spoilers <laughs> right here. It's like on Men in, Men in Black, where it's like, to get the oh, real right. scoop on what's going on, you got to read the tab- the National Enquirer <laughs> Weekly World <Right>. tab. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so anyway, do we want to move on to what we thought about the film? Like, let's, yeah, let's rate yeah. it. Yeah, let's rate it. Y'all go first. I don't want to start with, with a negative. Morgan, Take it away, Chelsea. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, mine is definitely a lot better than your guys's felt like how you guys felt but i think a lot of it had to do with the fact that i like i've i had those three extra songs from the outtakes so i felt like i knew the characters a little and their motives a little better and kind of like where the the team was kind of heading um so that when i came back and i actually watched the full thing i kind of feel like some of those questions weren't there because i'd already listened to those things anyway um I mean, honestly, I give this four and a half stars for me as well. I felt like it, the the fact that they brought in the hey, na, hey, na, 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 like that brought the chant in, um, <laughs> the uh, Norwegian roller coaster ride. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they brought that in, like, and tied that in from the first film. I was like, okay, now I feel like there's a semblance of order in the universe. I feel like there's, you know, things going on. I am disappointed that. There is no connection at all to our wonderful friend uh, Rapunzel, which actually does make me sad because I was really hoping for some type of Marvel esque like third that came in. Oh, you know, you know they're gonna make the Avengers version of this. It would be so amazing. They'll, They'll do it. You could get Alan Menken. Disney princesses assemble. <laughs> you could get Alan Menken and the Lopez's together to like. Alan Menken does all of Rapunzel songs and like just all. Oh, it'd be great. So, and Lin Manuel, while you're at uh, it, since yes, he did Moana. yes, please. Ah, <laughs> uh, can we just have? Oh, can That's we the take Holy a, Trinity? Can we take a minute and just see? Well, what and that Howard one... Ashman. We have to bring Howard Ashman back. Well, yes, but, and also if sorry. you're going like, to, sorry, now I'm like Debbie Downer on this. Cause you're like, <laughs> yes, like, well. we can't do that, Morgan. It won't, it can never happen. Chelsea you cannot wish to bring someone back worlds. from the dead. It's not a pretty picture. Mason's better at the quote. I don't like doing it. Um, yeah. Add Steven Schwartz into the mix. If we could have that kind of like epic, everybody brings a song type of a thing. I'd be completely down for that. Um, yeah. Anyway, I give it four and a half stars. I felt like I didn't have that many questions. Um, I only had questions as I was going back and thinking about it deeper later. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, why is Elsa? Is Elsa like, what's her? Who is she? What is she? You know, um, but everything else, I felt like it, it was pretty cohesive to me. And by the end, like I was, I was happy with how things turned out, and the fact that they brought things from the first, I was like, okay, I'm good. Um, yeah, so that those are my thoughts on this movie. Obviously, I'm a lot more of an Anna character in these um, <laughs> ratings than you guys will be. <laughs> so moving on, Morgan. 
Or how about All right, Mason? So initially, <laughs> maybe Mason because he's bad. Do you think I'm like? I don't have know. Have you not read, read no. watched my review? <laughs> no, I did. Initially, my review is four and a half stars. Uh-huh. Um, going out of the theater straight out was just like, oh, it's amazing. But as I've had time to really let it marinate, there's just so many questions, and I realize how confused I was after the fact. In the moment, I was just kind of like soaking it all in and didn't let things like that bother me. But there's just a lot of things like they open up all this mythology and it's kind of like pandora's box where they just like chaos there's too much that they opened up they don't open up the main question about like i guess why elsa has powers i mean i guess that you you say they do because she was the chosen one she was a chosen by the spirits but that wasn't clear to me um but i really love the songs i think they're pretty good they're again this movie i will this movie, I will say it's not as good as the original Frozen to me, which I did give four and a half stars. It's like at parody. Um, wow. But I love Into the Woods and I love technically how beautiful this film is. And I think I am going to downgrade my review from two weeks ago down to just four stars. Oh. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well. I like it. I, and I'm going to see it again, and I'm excited. <laughs> well, and maybe, and the thing is, like, we're looking at this the day after, a couple days after seeing it one time, when, as we mentioned in the first review that Morgan and I did uh, a couple days ago that was posted, um, we talked about how now coming back six years later, we've had a lot of time to, like, live with the film, and so we are more versed in all of the things, um, and so... Who knows? Maybe it'll go back up to four and a half after you've seen it more. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Mason. Okay. So I will, I will tell you what I liked about this film. Um, So visuals were amazing. Um, The animation quality um, I think was even more impressive than Zootopia, which as you all know, was a film that I did not like very much, but I loved the animation and I loved the, like the art and the technical aspect. So this was very similar. I like technically frozen two is, is amazing. Um, and, uh, the performances, like the animation performances are spot on. Like I was watching previews for films, animated films, um, from other studios. Uh, I think the Scooby-Doo one came on, which looked adorable. And then, then the, pigeon spy uh movie um i don't really know but just watching those previews i was like nah nah sit down y'all we're (laughs) we're about to watch a disney movie and it did not disappoint the performances were amazing um perfect casting um and stuff and uh i there were some parts that really made me laugh like uh, christoph's song and and um olaf's recap of the first film and um, some of the more, like, visual effects-heavy sequences and stuff were, like, really, really enjoyable. At the same time, <laughs> I wasn't crazy about Frozen, but I never thought that this film would make me miss the first Frozen <laughs> the way it did. <laughs> and oh, and I, have, I have a couple of reasons why. I, I've... I've I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy I'm gonna destroy Frozen Two with with facts and logic, and <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love it. Um, Frozen Two. <laughs> now for some things that I hate and some things that I love. Um, but anyway, I uh, the songs. Okay, they're okay. The songs were fine. It's just that none of them drove the plot forward, 
Whereas I know that at least 50% of the songs in the first Frozen had a purpose, like, story-wise. Like, Let It Go, the whole purpose was for Elsa to transform from insecure and doubting herself to confident and embracing her new powers. Okay, that's great. Uh, do you want to build a snowman? Like, that It was a great way to show the passage of time and show Elsa and Anna's distance between mm-hmm. each other as they come of age okay every, that that was great and then they even had a song at the beginning that actually had to do with scandinavia it actually sounded like it came from that era kind of like how moana had like two songs that actually sounded hawaiian the race of them were just broadway but anyway i wasn't there for the moana episode so you don't get to hear my remarks on that <laughs> but so I, there were too many songs for me sorry for me mason there were too many songs um, I felt like they didn't really have a purpose besides like fan service for the most part. There were some that were that were pretty pretty dang good and pretty dang clever. Um, also, I the, the more I, I see Elsa on screen, the more I don't like her. But I can't really change that. <laughs> and, uh, and then I it's, I just felt like fifty percent of this film was exposition stuff that we have to know about this mm-hmm. new universe, the new stakes, mm-hmm. uh, the new uh, conflicts, the new people, and the new characters. Uh, they some they managed to do it without going the Disney tune route of like all new friends <laughs> and all new songs. Where as soon as you hear that on the preview, you're like, all right, we're not gonna, we're not going to take this seriously. So they they pulled that off. Like they made a good sequel. It just it made me miss the first Frozen. And so uh, if this if this is indeed the last film in the Frozen franchise, I will give it a three and a half. If it's the if it's the start of if it's a sign of things to come, then definitely three stars, which in Mason speak, isn't that bad. Like it's not bad to have a three out of five rating when it's coming from me. So that's where, it, that's where it is. It was entertaining and visually it was very impressive. Um, I just got bored in the middle of it. And um, some of the stuff kind of was a little overly complicated and I'm like big, big brain, 30 year old, you know, 30 something <laughs> PhD student. So if that's saying anything, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I I, I I try really hard not to pull out the PhD card. I'm not even a candidate. It's like literally my first semester. So. But anyway, you know, six out of ten. I would would enjoy Olaf recapping. And I think they do. I I didn't stick around for the end credits. There is a recap scene. at the end. Oh, okay, he does it again. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I that's what I figured. And it was quite humorous as well. This was it was fine. It was really funny. It just wasn't no Ralph breaks the internet like that. That movie blew, oh, really? blew me away, and it's nowhere near Tangled. No, no oh, Tangled. Tangled. I want to talk about Tangled mind. again. <laughs> we can do that. Oh, let's do a let's do a rotoscopers <laughs> retro- retrospective. We could. I was um, on that episode, was I? No, Stephen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and oh, now Steve. Disney Plus, I can finally watch Tangled again. So you know. Ah, uh, Disney Plus, you can watch. Everything down that old <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> All down that um, quick question. Oh, Do we want to talk about Elsa getting a girlfriend? Because I feel like like uh, that's important to a lot. No, no, no. It's not, but it's not real. But I, I this well, is not official. Need, do we need to talk about? It? We should, I guess- this is all I'll say. I don't care. Like I seriously don't care. But just because a girl talks to another girl doesn't mean that they're going to be girlfriends. <laughs> I think people really want Elsa to be a certain yeah. way. Uh, I, I don't care. I will say, just <laughs> as an aside, there was the point where Kristoff was starting to talk with, like, the, you know, the you know the other dude. <laughs> there was this, with, with Ryder. And there was this point in time where I was like, oh, Kristoff, please don't do this to Anna, please. 
So, you know, going... That's some real Anna drama. Going with um, Into the Woods, the lyrics make it seem like, hey, maybe we aren't meant to be together. And I honestly thought because of the way that they were interacting that they were going to end up not together. And that's okay. Sort of like in Enchanted. Yeah. um, Where she doesn't end up with her true love and the prince. Um, And I thought that would have been really cool and bold for them to do that. Although I kind of really like them together, even though he's slightly a bit of a freeloader. Um, (laughs) But he's cute. He's fun. (laughs) But yeah, man, him, him just completely changing teams and going for a man that would be one that would be a first for disney for sure Uh, yeah they've they've hinted at they've hinted at at um like non-hetero characters but eh. i think it'll happen in star wars i think star wars they're gonna go like fully open and you know sometimes i think i would actually prefer if things were rocky between Kristoff and anna at the end of this film so then you know assuming they're gonna make a third one they could I'm so obsessed with Frozen 3. I'm like, oh, three stars. But I'm just like, I really want Frozen 3 to happen, apparently, because I've been mentioning it all, all episode. But, like, I kind of wanted them to be on rocky ground so that they could fight for something, you know, at the end. But, uh, but I mean, whatever. Yeah, I mean, the way that he proposes at the end, I, I got the point where it was... it. There's never going to be a perfect time. There's never going to be a perfect way. You just have to do it. But I was really underwhelmed. I'm like, it was very Bernard. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Speaking of the only other Disney sequel, well, other than Ralph Breaks the Internet, was that movie, and that's the whole plot point for that one is he's trying to propose to his girlfriend. But with with this, it's like you're proposing right now. A lot just happened. She thought her sister was dead. She had to destroy the dam. There's a lot to process. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I got that was the whole point. Oh, yeah, like, this is the one time when Anna is not preoccupied <laughs> and, 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 like, really high-strung. It's, like, right yeah. after this epic battle where everyone's lives were in danger. Yeah. But anyway, the, but the thing about Elsa is that, like, okay, the whole point of Frozen 1 was that um, – was this uh, thing about sisterly sisterly love over your typical, stereotypical Disney uh, you know, boy meets girl, they fall in love, they get married at the end of the film thing. So, like, why all of a su- why are fans all of a sudden so interested in Elsa's love life? Why why can't she just be focused on other things? You know, why can't she just be focusing on her career right now? <laughs> you know, why do they really need why do they really need to ship her with someone else when like the with someone Elsa when the whole point of the first movie was that like, hey. Disney films are not all about that anymore. You well, know? I think because the, so, the internet wants what the internet wants. And there was a huge thing boy, forever. Does the internet Hashtag want Elsa gets a girlfriend. And so I think that was a the thing. internet was trying. Yes, it was a thing for a long time. And I think the internet. And they based it off of one scene in the trailer. <laughs> no, no, this was years ago. Yeah, oh, yeah, this was, this years, was years, ago. years ago. And so they're like, and they would just tweet Jennifer Lee all the time and Disney, like, please give Elsa a girlfriend. And that's fine. But you can't make something happen just because no. you beat your drum loud enough. Right? Really? Oh, you can. Look at the Sonic trailer. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't think the Sonic Gamers was really that bad. <laughs> Are you kidding? Have you seen the side by side? I know he looks better. He looks Sonic design with the He looks significantly better. But to be honest, the first one I saw and I was like, "Oh, this is cute." I did. I wasn't just like so up in arms. Anyway, there's there's a question in like design versus actual 
like well, yeah, story. when it comes with creating stories, like you hear people who write, like I have a friend who writes novels and, you know, screenwriters and whatnot. Like sometimes you want your character to do something and they just can't do it. They're like, this isn't where the story needs to go. And, you know, you can't yeah. force a plot point into it because whenever you try to do things like that and you shoehorn things in it, the, the end result is just not good. Right. You because it feels forced, which was totally forced. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, another another shoehorned revelation from J.K. Rowling. Didn't she say that like Harry and her? Oh, yeah. that was who I wanted the whole time. Like yes. Are you yes. kidding? <sighs> Take it from a guy who married someone who's a complete the complete opposite of him. Like I I I totally understand Ron and Hermione's relationship. Yes, they drive each other insane, but they also work. They're compatible because they complement each other. Well, well, that works I, for I you. I didn't think Harry deserved a love life. <laughs> love life. I didn't think he deserved a girlfriend. Harry was just, I think Harry's a terrible person. <laughs> anyway, to wrap this up, anyway. Elsa, she did not get a girlfriend in this movie. I know people in my YouTube videos have been like, wait, but did she get a girlfriend? I'm like, clearly she didn't because if she did, that would be kind of a big deal. That and I would have talked deal. about it in the review, you know? I, and yeah. to be honest, it wasn't yeah. really the point. I think of um, kind of talking about shoehorning things in the um, Korra, the last, not Korra, the last airbender, but the... Uh, Legend of Korra, um, she gets a girlfriend at the very mm. end, like almost literally last scene. And there were kind of seeds planted throughout, but I wasn't really paying attention to them. And to me, it was just like, oh, okay. Um, there wasn't like a huge payoff, but I know some people were super excited about it. But I honestly, I went into this movie thinking that she was going to get a girlfriend. And so I kept trying to think like, when is this going to happen? When is it? Okay. She's talking to Honey Marin. Okay. But oh, well, she literally talked to Honey Marin for one <laughs> sentence. And I kept thinking this whole time while she I was watching the she's movie. She's talking to a girl. It's and happening. at the very end, I'm like... She made eye contact with another with another woman. It's happening. And at the very end, I'm still sitting here. There's, I know the end is near. And I'm like, so when is this going to happen? And it didn't happen. And I kind of wish that I... I Someone, someone said like, oh, I heard spoilers. This for sure is going to happen. And so it was in my head. Um, so it kind of ruined it for me because I was anticipating something that didn't happen. And I was getting nervous because like, this is going to be horrible if they just make this happen in the last scene. Like, it's just not going to flow well. But anyways, she didn't get a girlfriend, guys. It's okay. It's okay. I know that whatever whatever Disney decides to do with her, they will. I'm, I'm sure they will find the best way possible to do it. Well. And, uh, and fans will be happy. But if they even decide to do that, like, again... Like, the whole point of the first film was, like, you don't really need to... I don't know. If the whole point of the first film was that you shouldn't marry someone that you literally met, like, an hour ago, you know, then uh, they're going to have to really work on that relationship with Elsa to make it right. I think she would just have a difficult time with anybody at this moment. She needs to work on herself. So, there. <laughs> she needs to work on herself. That's a good way to sum it up. <laughs> <laughs> she just needs to work on herself. She's people. in a different place right now. I don't think she's really ready to take that on. She has a lot going on in her life. Yeah. There's the post post hoc psychological evaluation of of Elsa. That's all we got, folks. Becoming a demigod, yes. <laughs> all right. So there's our review, and um, let's go to the voicemails. Hey guys. Okay, this is Chelsea, and I know my voice sounds very different than it did just a second ago, um, because this section of the podcast is being recorded about a week or so later. And, um, as I was, it just took me that long to be able to get all, everything together and get, have time to be able to, um, compile everything to make a fabulous episode for you guys. 
Now, in the making of that fabulous episode, I realized by the time I got to the voicemail section, I didn't have my compadres with me to be able to answer these questions, and that makes me sad, because uh, a couple of these voicemails came in after the fact, and um, that being said, I really didn't want to just leave them out of the podcast, because I, I enjoyed the voicemails, so I am just going to be answering the questions myself, and we're going to have a grand old time. All right, first we have Lewis. Hey, Lewis. Hi, guys. This is Lewis here from the UK. I have not had a chance to see Frozen 2 yet. Um, I'm hoping to see it in the next few days. But I just wanted to send in a message and say I'm so excited and happy that you guys are making a podcast again. It's so good to hear your voices and talking about animation again and Frozen. Um, so welcome back and thank you. Um, I had a quick question. Um, I feel like this is the first time that Disney have released like a, a cinematic, like a theatrical sequel to like a very big successful Disney film. Obviously, Disney have had a lot of successful films over the years. So if you could go back in time or into an alternate dimension where these, where more sequels have been made to previous Disney films, my question would be which Disney film from the past, would you have loved to have seen a high-budget theatrical release to? Um, this is like discounting any of the direct-to-video sequels or storylines. Which which film would you think would make an interesting sequel? I think for me, it would be Hercules. I would have loved to have seen a sequel to that when I was seven or eight, how old I was when that came out. So thank you once again, and have a great day. Bye. Lewis, thank you. I mean, we have had so many uh, so many people who are just like true fans of the podcast, and we are fans of you. So thank you so much for sticking around all these years and, and waiting for us to come back. Um, all right. So as far as, as far as Disney sequels that never were but should have been The Great Mouse Detective. I'm just going through a whole list of all of them. And, like, that's really the only one that I could see as having any sort of, like, legitimate plot. <laughs> I mean, what else are they going to do? Melody time? Eh, no. Um, like, even, like, looking at – I'm looking at the li- a huge list right now. Um, they did A Fox and the Hound. They did A Brother Bear. Treasure Planet could have been something cool. Atlantis. Always, I mean, I would have been down for a live-action Atlantis. If they were going to redo a live-action, that's the one I would go for. Um, yeah, that's what I would do. I really liked your idea of doing Hercules, though. He was... Uh, that one was one of my favorites. So, thanks. Hello, World of Scorpers. This is your animation cartoon fanboy, Richard Daniel Joyner. But please, call me Danny Joyner. And I'm calling you guys about my thoughts on Frozen 2. I just got back from seeing the movie, and let me tell you guys, it was so great and 100% awesomeness. Yes, I enjoy the characters with their new looks, especially Anna and Elsa's hair down. The song that I enjoy was Into the Unknown. It's the, it's the new kind of Let It Go that Elsa sings. Man, I didn't mental has the best voice and the most beautiful singing voice. Anyways, so about your opinions on Frozen Shorts. Frozen Fever and Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Frozen Fever is the perfect animated short that Disney has, has ever done 
especially the Making Today a Perfect Day song in the spring dress that Anna and Elsa wear. In the end, Anna's birthday party then became a disaster. Her day was perfect with many snowmen, a.k.a. little brothers, and plenty of Arendelle guests. And as for all of Frozen Avengers, the featurette, I understand you have and I understand your negative opinions and, and thoughts about it, but in my opinion, I really liked it. And here's a here's a fun fact: Did you know it? Did you know it was used as a as a limited engagement in in fields before Coco? Because Disney has done featurettes in the past, including my favorites, Mickey's Christmas Carol, that released in fields with a reissue of of the Rescuers from 1983, and the Prince of the Popper was also released in fields before the Rescuers Down Under in the late 1990s. Both look great. Hey, Danny, thank you for calling in. I'm glad that you finally decided to make this your very first time calling in. And I wanted to talk about uh, what you were talking about as far as the different shorts that were coming in after those other movies. And as I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, you're, no, you were right as far as Olaf's Frozen Adventure was. I mean, it was equally as long as some of the shorts um, that you mentioned before as Mickey's Christmas Carol and others. Uh, so, I mean... I think maybe the the audiences nowadays have just either changed or they just really weren't expecting what they got uh, as far as putting um, Olaf's Frozen Adventure in front of Coco uh, because Coco is was clearly a different vibe. It, they were really going for a very cultural vibe, um, specifically focusing in on the culture of Mexico and their heritage and then having like conversely throwing in Anna and Elsa like it just seems really opposite of what they were kind of going for I guess with the whole vibe of Coco um anyway because I, I just feel like they most people that were coming in to see Coco weren't being like oh frozen anyway thank you for calling in and that was our voicemail segment I want to get this right baby I want to thrill you in the way you deserve I want to blow your mind, darling. I'm just having trouble getting up the nerve. I want to give you what you want. I want to be the man you choose. I want to sweep you off your feet without puking on your shoes. Maybe I'll do better in the candlelight. I gotta get this right. No, no, no. Stay right where you are. I'll put out the fire, my love. I want to make you sweet. All right, guys. All right. Well, I'll see y'all in six years. Wait. Oh, no. It hasn't been six years. <laughs> it's only been a couple of years. Uh, six years since the first mil- For Six years since the first film. Two years since Mason's last appearance on the podcast. Since uh, Mason was banished. Good times. You did this on no. your own, amigo. Yeah. This is you. You are Elsa. Hey, I jumped on it. <laughs> you are Elsa. You said, no, I must leave. And you pushed I'm, us I aside. I jumped on it. On- Oh, that's true. Hey, I was, I, you I know like, what? There comes a time where you kind of get really burnt out. And I think that's what was happening to a lot of us at the podcast. You know, we've been doing it five years. We were years, really churning them out. And I mean, we were very, very consistent. And we didn't have advertisers. So it really was just like a labor of love. Now we do have advertisers, which, you know, because everyone has a podcast now, there's lots of companies yeah. that are very willing to put ads on your podcast. So thank you for listening to the ads. We really appreciate it. It <laughs> keeps do. us going. Thank you. And 
And of course, using our Amazon link, rotoscopers.com slash Amazon. Holidays are coming up. Shop using that. Ooh, anyway, you all know. Those Elsa and Anna dolls. Elsa oh. in all five of her wardrobes. Yes. You know this time around there is not going to be a short supply of anything Frozen related. They got you. <laughs> so, yeah. Talk about going TJ back. Maxx. Half the store was Frozen. <sighs> it's just... You know, there was a time of burnout. We had a lot going on. I know that I felt definitely felt burned out and, you know, had two kids during the time. And, you know, now I'm in like a better place where I'm just like, okay, I, I took a little breather and I'm, I'm happy to talk about Frozen again. So thank you, Mason, for joining us for this episode. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was good to be back. You're welcome back anytime. Pick a movie and just say, okay, let's do it. No, you guys. That's the that's the way to go. That was another thing is I think a lot of times we were doing a lot of new releases. And as animation has evolved, it seems like there's an animated movie coming out every single week. So it, it was rough. It was like we're going to the movies all the time, which we just need a, a life sometimes. So I totally get Elsa and relate with her, just like going to the <laughs> ice palace. Okay, this is totally unrelated, but I think when Elsa died and froze, it would have been really cool to do sort of a montage of all of Elsa's power things uh, breaking or or basically disintegrating. Like there was Olaf, but it would have been cool to see her ice palace totally tumble to the ground. Oh, yeah. You know, anything that she had done to Arendelle, she's like put frosted tips on Arendelle, like make that go away. I thought that visually, just so like everyone could know what happened to Elsa would have been like, oh, a big punch in the gut. But I really did. Yeah. Oh, they all could have I felt really it. I really didn't feel it when Elsa sense. died. It was when Olaf drifted away that I was sad. Right. But Elsa was like, meh. And I did the same thing last time. She was fine. <laughs> oh, good times well any last thoughts make sure to check out our new really our newly designed rotoscopers.com website oh yes Ooh, y'all finally got finally the rework it, the it re- looks the so good it's so much better it's a better reading experience so go check it out at rotoscopers.com i'm gonna go check it out now it's party and then oh this does look good thank you thank you we found someone who actually knew what they were doing <laughs> crazy in 2019 that's hard to come by but for another day and of course share your thoughts about this episode you can tweet us at rotoscopers and hashtag animation addicts and then if you're listening to this and you want to get a shout out on instagram screenshot listening to this and give us a shout out and we will repost your story and yeah i think that's all Oh, yeah. Be sure to leave us a review and subscribe wherever good podcasts are found. And you can follow us. Do you want us to follow you? Mason says no. <laughs> Did you delete everything? Oh, yeah. You could still subscribe to my personal YouTube channel. So yes. Success story. Success story. Uh, maybe about. Maybe about eight months ago, I went on my YouTube channel and um, I was just piddling through some old videos. And I came across this video that I posted after uh, Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. And um, it's it's the one where um, Kovu does his <laughs> roar at the end. And instead of him roaring, it's just me going. <laughs> so I looked and it said 10 million oh views God. on it. <laughs> It's got 15 million views. It was on, like, the front page of YouTube for a while on everyone's <laughs> recommendations. And it's it's got, like, hold on. It's got, like, it's got 16,000 likes and 7.8,000 dislikes. 
and I mo- I monetized it, and Disney still has it. So good. Well, because it's just like a you remove so all the good, sounds, you put your own tracks, and it's like ten seconds. It's right? more about sound than <laughs> visuals. Yeah. yeah, like if I put if I put point two seconds of it's a pirate's life for me right. on on a YouTube video, they will find out and bust and destroy my entire channel and report <laughs> me to the FBI. <gasps> But um, that's because it's the algorithm. Of the algorithm picks up sound. So anyway, uh, yeah, twenty three point three thousand subscribers on my totally worthless and useless YouTube channel that I occasionally put animation. You just demo need to do that for everything, like and, the like, thing with the subtle voice that you were talking about earlier. You need to make a clip doing that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I need to do that. Um, but anyway, I I, I have the I have now had the experience of going fully viral april 22nd 2016 is when i when i released that video and it, it did nothing for years and then about a year ago it just started skyrocketing so for some reason it's like the dumbest video the audio is terrible you have to like turn it up all the way um i i, I clearly watched this on some sort of pirated website because you can see the watermark for the site on, on the, the oh top right of the screen but anyway, go go send me some more likes so I can get like another like two cents of nice. ad revenue. Oh. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. That's all I got to say. So, well, if you're following me, I do all of my things at Chelsea Robson on all the things. ChelseaRobson.com. Chelsea Robson on all the things. Um, si você fala português, so shall say with comment she's. Um, and then um, let's see. Yeah, that's that's me. And then you can follow me. I'm at Morgan Stradling everywhere. I'm mostly on Instagram these days. I have a website and I have a YouTube channel. Definitely go check that out and subscribe. And then my website, morganstradling.com. Then for all things animation news, of course, continue to go to Rotoscopers, our newly designed website for all the news reviews and interviews. And that's all we got, guys. That is our take on Frozen 2. So until next time... We are the Rotoscopers! Sorry, I was at the gym today and I caught parts of Alice Through the Looking Glass, which is like one of the trippiest films I've ever seen. And it was all about this like time traveling thing called the Chronosphere, which is like the new time turner. It was like Disney's answer to the time turner. (laughs) So I was thinking about that. (laughs) Cool. Okay, now you can go, Morgan. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure people, if they happen to listen to a Frozen episode and they have no idea who they are, they're like, what is happening? A reunion <laughs> that I'm not even sure is what's happening. So. Yay. We're, liter- we're literally in your house. In your ear. Classic awkward right podcast now. pause. <laughs> and I would like a Pop-Tart. <laughs> I have more respect for influencers now that Morgan's trying her hand at it. I have to. I have to be supportive. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're doing it the right way. You're not. You're not like taking it to. I mean, extreme. I guess I can say I am too. Am I though? I guess Wait, I are, am. Are we not all three influencers because we're the rotoscopers? Here's the thing. Art. 
this is kind of a, a tangent before we even get to the movie. Before I get to the movie, I just want you to talk about it. But are we all influenced in our own way? We all have something to say. And, you know, we share our book reviews. We share our product reviews, blah, blah, blah. Back in the day, oh, influencers right. were considered, you know, people on TV or they wrote books or whatever. And they influence people to do stuff. And now it just, I think there's a bad rap on the term influencer. But that's for another day. That's for our non-animation podcast. <laughs> that's for our influencer central podcast. Yes. Everybody has a podcast now. Just like uh, oh, the yeah. future is going to be, everybody's going to have their own streaming service now. But for now, everybody <laughs> has their own podcast. Mm-hmm.